Welcome to Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. Your host is Becky Olson. Our show is here to help breast cancer patients, survivors, their friends, and family by providing resources, support, and inspiration they can use right now. Here is your host, Becky Olson. Thank you so much for tuning in. My name is Becky Olson. I'm the co-founder of Breast Friends. I'm also a five-time survivor of advanced stage breast cancer. I'm a motivational speaker and the published author of The Hat That Saved My Life. And I wanted to, first off, thank all the people last week who tuned in and listened to my plea for prayers and for um, positive thoughts about healing. I had my scan last week, as some of you know, and this is uh, in follow-up to my stage four uh, breast cancer that I'm battling with right now. Um, As some of you know, and uh, those of you who are new may not, it has spread to my lungs, my liver, and my bones, and my tumor markers had skyrocketed, etc. So um, I went in last week after starting out on some new uh, treatment methods, and I have some good news to report. It's not the full healing we're looking for, but good things take time. But um, basically, my tumor markers are continuing to go down a little bit. They're not down a lot, but they're a little bit. That is definitely the right direction after having doubled twice. And also, my liver tumors have shrunk dramatically. I can't even tell you the number, but it's they've, they're way smaller than they were. And we're not quite having the success we're looking for in the lungs and the bones yet, but we're going to carry on with the same medication. We're just going to increase the dosage and see if we can't kickstart this thing and get it moving in a different direction. So that's was some really good news. Uh, I have this beautiful dress. I'm going to still have to lose five or 10 pounds to get into for our big gala that we normally have in May. We actually bought ourselves a little more time with with the coronavirus, so uh, that'll happen in May now, but I've got a few more pounds to lose, but I have every every bit of confidence that I'm going to be here, and I'm going to be able to get into that doggone dress because it's really cute, so I have to get into the dress, right? (laughs) So we are going to scan again in mid-July and see how things are going, and I'm feeling very, very upbeat today, so I just wanted to, again, thank all those who have listened who have supported me in my journey, and I just pray that you continue to do that, and um, I know God is listening. So anyway, with that, I get to introduce our guest today. She has a very familiar name and voice. Yvonne Neidegger is the program director <laughs> for Breast Friends, and she's got a great laugh, too. <laughs> she's also been a co-host and a guest many, many times, um, and today we're going to talk about life after breast cancer. She's lovingly named it Life ABC. I love that. Welcome, Yvonne. Thanks for coming back again, sweetheart. We just love it when you come on the show. Thank you, Becky. And um, I just want to add in, um, because at Breast Friends, we are a family. And, um, you know, I've told Becky many times that she is Along with uh, my my mentors, her cohort, Sharon, uh, they are both our inspiration for what we do every day at Breast Friends. And beyond that, she is also a sister and a friend and someone who has been such sage wisdom over my years of working with Aww. Breast Friends. And 
I don't know what we would do in any circumstances um, without your beautiful voice being a part of our world. So you are just going to have to kick this doggone <laughs> cancer to the curb. We're tired of this nonsense. So we've had yes, we are. Let's get her done. So <laughs> yes. So you've got your you've got your tribe behind you, and we are here for oh. you, my love. Well, Yvonne, thank you so much. That means means the world to me, and you know. Life, life can be challenging. We've got new challenges going on in our world besides COVID-19. Now we mm. have riots and, and it's Ugh. just crazy. It's like, will this world ever become normal yeah. again? And you know what's interesting yeah. about that is for cancer patients, it's been unnormal, abnormal, whatever, for quite a long time. And, you know, we, we've yeah. talked about recently, we've talked on our show with you about the first two stages of breast cancer, including the diagnosis, what that's like, how we get through treatment, you know, kind of just dealing with, with the basics of cancer and, and you know, how kind of life goes on and how we get along emotionally. But now today we're going to talk about that, that light at the end of the tunnel, that beautiful moment when you hear the words, you're done. And, you know, maybe how sometimes that doesn't quite feel as, as uh, what's the word I want to say, as exciting as we done. would think. Yeah, like, you know, people think we're done, but are we done, right? <laughs> so we're going to talk about that today. And um, I know that Sharon was, was my co-founder in Breast Friends. We started this thing together 20 years ago. And she was our original program director. And Sharon created a concept called Thriving Beyond Cancer. She wrote a book about it. Um, She's done retreats about it. And now that she's retired, Yvonne has kind of come in and and put her own brand on it and her own touch of of beauty and and elegance to the whole concept. So we're going to talk about her new program and how it's just going to take off from from what we started. And things, things change as we move along. So... So, Yvonne, let's talk about, I loved the analogy you came up with about the barge. Talk about the barge. Well, and, you know, I I can't take full credit because there's actually a fabulous book that I would definitely recommend on top of Sharon's Thriving Beyond Cancer book. It's called After Breast Cancer, and it was written by Hester Hill Schnipper, which I'm, I'm going to probably have massacred, but if people were to go on Amazon and look for After Breast Cancer, um, I'm sure they would be able to find it. And what she said in her book that really resonated with me, and it was actually a quote from a patient, was that being on um, the, the journey of breast cancer is a lot like being on a barge. And I thought at first when I read that, I thought, well, that's an interesting concept. But if you think about it, um, a barge is something that when you climb on, you know what all, you, you, are, you are basically stepping onto something that is a totally different path than what you've been on before. It's taking you somewhere, someplace brand new. And what um, the concept behind the barge is that as we go into treatment, we have a clear view of where we're heading. We're in that stage where we actually can see the shore. We know what's around us. We know the speed we're going at, which is generally speaking incredibly slow, as everyone going through <laughs> treatment uh, will acknowledge. But it's consistently taking steps and movement forward. So it's this very defined path. The problem is, is just like with a barge, when they reach that end of the canal and they start to go out into open water, there isn't a sense of what's the water going to be 
like? What's the weather going to be like? What are the conditions going to be like? Mm, And so many times women will, as you know, excuse me, when they, when they reach that point where they say, Oh, okay, okay, you're done. You're, you're finished or you've finished chemo and yay, let's wave those pom poms. So many women have that sense of, yeah, what does this mean? It's that open sea. It's that sense of, now what? So, yeah, it's an amazing visual that really touches to the fact that stepping off of treatment doesn't mean that you're necessarily done. Boy, is, isn't that the truth? I mean, it, and we are going to talk about that moment when the when your medical team, you know, they've done their part and, you know, they're, they've done a great job, hopefully, and most, well, I, I would say in every case, the doctors are doing the best job that they can. Sometimes the oh, treatment success is maybe one way or the other, but hopefully, and these days, it seems like it's getting better, treatments are getting better, but that thing that happens at the end, I think that's a life-changing moment that will stay with us forever, <laughs> you know. Absolutely. So. And, um, you know, the, the COVID, the situation right now is making it even more intense because women who are going in for their last chemo treatments or their last radiation or finishing their surgeries, they're being, um, they're being sent back into a world that's very isolated. So yeah. they don't really have that opportunity often to come together with other women who are going to understand or even talk to their friends mm-hmm. about how they feel. So it's, an, it's a compounded problem that um, these poor girls, you know, how hard is it to go through this without being able to have people at your treatment process? I just, my heart breaks for them. But yeah. again, stepping off of that into that unknown and not having any way to really process that, boy, you know, that's really when I, I always encourage women, it's a time when you want to seek out some kind of a support program in your community, look for books like Sharon's Thriving After Cancer book on Amazon, uh, the After Breast Cancer book. They're all going to validate how they feel because the most important thing a woman can hear, even if it's just through a book, is, oh, it's okay, that's normal. And I get it. So, yeah, yeah exactly. You know, we, powerful you're, things. you're yeah. part of our tribe now, you know, we're, we're all in this together and we all understand yeah. and you are part of our tribe and we, we love our tribe. So you also <laughs> give an analogy about the marathon runner. Now, I don't know if that came also from Hester Hill Schnipper's book. No, um, this, is, <laughs> this is my own. I'm, I'm, okay. My girls will tell you that I am the queen of analogies. And if there's an analogy <laughs> out there that I haven't found, I make one up on my own. And this was my own observation when, um, you know, again, girls are coming to the stage. And I refer to everyone as girls. I don't care if you're 80 or you're 25 when you're diagnosed. In my world, you're all my girls. Um, But when they come to that stage where, again, they have finished their treatment, um, they oftentimes have this incredible sense of anxiety. Uh, It can be anxiety, it can be depression, it can be anger. All of these emotions suddenly flood them and their thought process is, well, what the heck? I was Wonder Woman while I went through my treatment. I had it, I was strong, I got through, and now that I'm done, I am a red-hot mess. And I kept thinking about that and 
I came up with what I think is a really good visual. So if you imagine someone who has trained for a marathon and is now in the race, and this marathon, man, it is grueling and it is hard, but you look at the faces of these people as they're running, and they're so determined and they're so focused, and man, you just don't know how can they possibly have this much power to get through this. They are amazing. But... The minute they step over that finish line, what happens? They collapse. Yeah. Many of them will go to the side, and they are in a heap. And you think, for heaven's sakes, how could this person have just ran a marathon, and now they can barely walk? And isn't that the perfect visual for what happens when a woman oftentimes crosses the finish line of treatment and she just feels like, what? Why am I feeling this way? It is that emotional release of all of that fight mode, that sense of, I can do this. And now that you've kind of done it, your body goes, Whoa. and all. I just want you to know, I do that after a 100-meter dash. I, it doesn't take me <laughs> to pull me to the ground like that, but I never, never been yeah. a great runner. But I bet you got an adrenaline boost yeah. while yeah. you were doing that run. Yeah. Yeah. It's exactly right. You know, we spend all of our time as we're going through treatment kind of with our little checklist of, you know, get get my 12 chemos done, get my, you know, 36 weeks or 36 radiation treatments done. And you're just checking them off as you go. And then when you're done, you think, okay, I'm done. But Yvonne, you and I both know that when the doctor says you're done with treatment, are we really? Let's talk about that moment when you get that message from your doctor that, you know, you go in there, like you said, you go in to celebrate, you're on the last treatment, you're waiting for some magic to happen, confetti to come out of the ceiling or something, you know, because it's your last treatment. And for you, it's, it's a big moment because it means you don't have to go back again. Yay. Right? <laughs> yeah. 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 And and yay is yay has got a exclamation point and a question mark after it because of course it's a yay. You know, I don't think there's anybody that goes, Oh boo hoo, I, I don't get to come back here other than we don't we do miss the wonderful people who were there. But it is um it is a, a two edged sword. And I, I'll use my own situation because I can remember um, being in the, 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 I was on Herceptin, so I had a year protocol that was obviously taking me a little further out, but at the point where I had finished my, my really hardcore chemo, my doctor came to where I was having my Herceptin treatment and was very excited and said, I have such great news. You know, everything came back negative after your surgery and you are cancer free. And I was like, yay. And my mom and dad were there and they were crying and they were yay. And the nurses came over and they were yay. And I just, in my mind, I kept thinking, yeah, but what does that mean? And I think one of the most telling moments was when I came home and I told my husband, and I was trying to be, you know, woohoo, I'm cancer yeah. <laughs> And my husband looked at me and talk about getting it. He goes, yeah, but what does that mean? Yeah, and I thought, exactly. wow, you know, he gets it. He's been here for this journey. But so many times, um, this is the this is the emotion. This is the, yeah. you know, we raise our pom-poms and we shake them, but then we kind of put them down and go, 
Yeah, you know, and I think part of that is because we know that the whole time we've been on chemo or getting going in for daily radiation treatments or whatever that process is that we're just trying to push through and get done with, we know, though, that during that time that we are in a doctor's care, they're paying attention, making sure that nothing's coming back, they're talking to us every time we go in. I mean, we, we feel secure in that little that little cocoon of, of support and treatment. And then that moment when they oh. tell us that we're, we're done, and, and it, it's not because they don't want to see us anymore, but, you know, they've done their job. And now it's like, okay, but who's watching and what if it comes back? And, and there's all that kind of emotion that bubbles up inside of us. And it's hard to know what to do with that, right? I mean, what... I'm sure you. I'm sure you get that with your patients that you talk to on a regular basis. So how how do we how do we handle that? Well, and again, um, I think the most important tool that we have right now is empathy, and that's the fact that um, it, this is not an isolated situation. And what happens to women is they walk away from the treatment process, and oftentimes they are isolated in this emotion because really no one around them, unless they've experienced this, is going to get what they're going through because mm-hmm. the, the general population, the minute your hair starts to grow back and you're yeah. done with treatment, and you've had your surgeries, you know, they've kind of, even though in a loving way, um, they've started to move on. And Mm -hmm. you're left with this, again, this sense of, am I weird? Is this, why am I the, am I the only one? (laughs) And, um, you know, and that's, I I can um, tell you, it is an emotion that you just don't want to experience because I too had that experience. And, um, I know, you know, you and I had talked earlier about my experience with Sharon when I mm-hmm. first met her, and I think we've brought this up a number of times, and I was struggling. Wait, I was Yvonne, you know, what, you know what, sweetheart, yeah. we're going to save that till after the break. Oh, sure. We're going we're to go on after the break, but when we come back in, <laughs> I, want, I want our audience to hear this story because I think it's, it's important, and, and I want you to be able to take your time with it. So we're going to go ahead and go on you out to break. It. Stay tuned. We will be back in a couple minutes. Thank you for listening today. Breast Friends needs your support. We rely on donations to keep our doors open and to keep this radio program alive. Please consider making a tax-deductible donation to Breast Friends. You can visit us at breastfriends.org. You can also like us on Facebook at Breast Friends of Oregon. Be sure to tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time for Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. Visit breastfriends.org and contribute today. Female cancers affect women, but women's effects are felt throughout our families, workplaces, and communities. Electa is driving advances in precision radiation medicine across our portfolio of devices. By enabling treatment that is highly responsive to changes in tumor shape, position, and biology, but doesn't compromise the health of surrounding tissue and the patient, we protect the moments that matter in the lives of women with female cancers and everyone they touch. Learn more at Electa.com. That's E-L-E-K-T-A.com. When was the last time you felt free? It's time to uncover that feeling again with the compassion of a cross and shield and the power of a card. 
opens doors to the best hospitals and medical centers in all 50 states. Giving you the freedom to love, to dream, to dance like no one is watching. Regions Blue Cross Blue Shield. Live fearless. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. tuned into Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. To reach the program today, please call us at 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to becky at breastfriends.org. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to our program. Um, Before we bring Yvonne back on and we'll kind of finish this conversation. Um, I wanted to just let you know that we have four ways for you to be involved in this radio program. And we hope that you love it as much as we love giving it to you. Um, One is, of course, to share the link to the program with all of your friends. Let people know that we're out here. We've been doing this four and a half years. We have about 250 shows that you can pick through and listen to the one that really kind of sings to your heart at the moment. So do that. Share the links. Listen. Just really become an active part of our community. Another way you can support us is to donate via text. We have a brand new process. Everyone has a cell phone, it seems like, these days. And all you have to do is, is text to the number 41444. Text the phrase BF Radio, stands for Breast Friends Radio, and and then there's a link that will come up. You click that link and you can finish your donation. You can do any amount that you want to give. And with this being the year 2020 and it's our 20th year, we thought it'd be really cool if people went online and made a $20.20 donation. So give 2020 in 2020 for our 20th year. Wouldn't that be cool? Because it's also an easy number, and I know it's from the radio show. So so that's good, too. And then another way is to join on Facebook, Breast Friends Around the Globe. That is our Facebook page for this radio show. It's a chance. For, it, because it's a group page, you can actually go on and comment and post questions to the community. Um, but this is where people who would listen to the show go and um, make comments. We also have... We have a couple of really awesome people. I have one guest that's been on our radio show many times. Aunt Lena is her name, and she goes on there and posts daily live videos, which is also very cool. So you can do that and become an active part that way. And then the fourth thing is if you feel like you have a unique story or an interesting perspective on surviving breast cancer, write to me at becky at breastfriends.org and nominate yourself to be a guest on my show. Um, I would love to have you be involved in that way. So those are four things you can do to become really involved in our program. Now with that, we're going to get back with Yvonne here. And Yvonne, when we went out to break, you were just starting to talk about uh, meeting Sharon during that kind of crazy time where you were wondering if you were even feeling normal about this. Is, is what you're experiencing at that end time normal? So why don't you go back and finish that story about Sharon? Because I think it's really a powerful story. 
Yeah, you know, I was I was diagnosed in uh, ten years ago, which you know, woohoo, ten years ago, woohoo. Uh, yeah. And, but you know, at that time again, there. Nowadays, women have a lot more opportunities to connect. Your radio show, oh my goodness, you know, something like that had existed back when I was going through. I can tell you, I would have been glued to this. Finding out this information would have been so helpful. But there really wasn't, strangely enough, and you know, it seems like it was a million years ago, but 10 years ago, there wasn't a lot of this type of service out there. So I was, as I mentioned before break, you know, I was anxious, I was nervous. I, I felt lost. I mean, I really, I was, I was that barge out in the middle of the, the mm-hmm. ocean going bobble, bobble. <laughs> and I had signed up to do the Race for the Cure. And I headed to the health, health fair that they used to have ahead of time. And I was walking around, of course, with my, you know, scarf on and my bald head. And as I approached this booth in the corner, I can still see it in the corner of the room. There were these two beautiful women with these pink boas around their necks and this great banner behind them. And the table was all pink and teal. And there was so much energy vibrating in this space. Space that, you know, a lot of times you walk by booths and everybody's kind of standing there looking at you, you know, take your free pen or whatever you'd like. But these two women were just going nuts in the corner. <laughs> and so I was, of course, drawn like two. Is that a, is course, that a good thing? Going. Woman, thank you. Yeah, you were. I mean, you were welcoming women, both of you, and you were hugging, and people were laughing, and it was like this party over in the corner. So I just drew myself over there, and here was this woman standing there, and she took one peek at me as I approached with my beautifully wrapped bald head, and she goes, Hi, I'm Sharon. And I said, oh, hi, I'm Yvonne. And she goes, hi, Yvonne, how are you? And I looked at her in my best perky sign-up face, and I said, oh, I'm fine. Uh (laughs) And she looked at me, and you know Sharon, she's got radar in those eyes. She took one look at me, and she said, yeah, but... How are you really? Are you really? And I, <laughs> I can't tell you the number her. of times I heard that woman say that. <laughs> it's yeah. such an important and I question. I burst into tears. Yeah. I yeah. did not. I, 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 I'm, I'm standing. I, she's, she's now said how many words to me total? And I'm standing there and I'm crying like a baby. And I'm thinking, oh, my God, I'm in the middle of this big place, and here's a strange woman with this pink boa around her neck, and I'm crying like a baby. And she put her arms around me, and she looked me in the eye after a second, and she goes, honey, it's okay. This is normal. And I just I just went, <gasps> because she got me. She you did. Know, she got she's, me. She's, she's gifted that way. She she's, does. she's very she does. she's and very gifted yeah and she's she can just really reach right into your soul and pull you out of whatever whatever you're feeling at that moment so yeah i love yeah. i love that go ahead but I'm i sorry. think the i think the takeaway beyond the fact that you know that moment in time changed my story is the fact that that sense of i get it you i i understand that can come in a split second, and that can turn the tide of how a woman's feeling. And that can come from something like your radio show, like a good book, like Sharon's book, like talking to another woman at a support group who says, oh, yeah, I felt the exact same way. 
it is it is out there as an opportunity to validate that sense of of almost like I say that post marathon runner letdown. Um, people like to refer to this time period as a bit of post traumatic stress, and it is something that once it's recognized and it's validated, you immediately start to feel better. So. You know, it is, it's a powerful thing to empathize and understand, and that's what Sharon gave me that day, and that's what I try to give our girls now. So, yeah, yeah, it's amazing. That's wonderful. Well, you're following in some big, big shoes, but uh, I think you are <laughs> firmly up to the task. So, you know, Yvonne, the, the ladies that we know, that we meet now, that we um, have the opportunity to you know, support and be around. They say exactly the same thing about you. So I just want you to know, it's yeah. kind of that old saying, what goes around comes around, right? Well, it's true. Yeah. And, you know, you've learned from the master and you've been able to pass that on to the, the gals that we continue to work with. And when I think about some of their smiley faces, I mean, I can picture some in my mind. I'm not going to say names, but I can picture some of them right now. And and they say exactly the same about you. Because that, that really mm-hmm. is what, what Breast Friends is about, is kind of helping you at whatever place you're at in the journey right now, whether it is you're right at the beginning of it or you're through treatment or you're, you know, right now you're, you're at the end and you're kind of wondering, okay, what happens, you know, what happens next? And wherever you are in that, you know, your perspective is going to be different. Um, kind of like when you're really new, it's like, it really is all about you when you're new. And then you kind of get mm-hmm. your feet wet and you, and you kind of toughen up a little bit, you know, maybe. And, and now you're able to look at things a little bit different. And I did find that, that seeing the perspective and how my perspective changed as I went through my journey. And I would love to hear you talk about perspective because I know you've got a whole thing that you, to, you know, that you do with that, you know, talking about silver linings and all that. Why don't you give us a little taste of Yvonne's magic when it comes to perspectives because I love it. <laughs> well, and I, I, I it's, Silver linings is is a phrase we use a lot at Breast Friends, and I think everyone relates to the fact that you go through something like cancer, and, and obviously in the throngs of it, and when you're right in the heart of the journey, you're not necessarily going to be looking around going, oh yeah, that's something I'm going to you know be really happy about later on. It's just all about that. But this is also right. something that shifts when you are done with treatment, and it's almost this sense of capturing all of these small special moments and or emotions that have happened because of what has come your way during your cancer journey. Um, And it can be anything from something really big, like, um, my goodness, you could have suddenly a brand new relationship with a family member who stepped up to help you during this journey. Wow, what a silver lining. Maybe this wouldn't have happened if you hadn't had cancer. Or suddenly you go for walks, and those walks now have a different feeling because, hey, you know what? I walk, and now I see around me. I mm-hmm. pay attention to nature. I, I embrace the joy of walking because there was a time when I couldn't. So, you know, silver linings, I think as we start to capture more and more of those, um, I've never had children, but people always tell me that, um, you know, in childbirth, you t- as time goes on, you, you lessen the impact of the pain with the beauty of what has come through that. And having gone through cancer, in a lot of ways, has that same same impression that you lessen 
the negative with these silver linings that you've captured because of it. So, yeah, they are they're, no, they're something I, you have to look for. You do, you do, and you're right. And you know, to capture them, and then maybe even. I, you know, I've never been much of a journaler. My husband journals like crazy, and, and I, I really value that and appreciate him for that because that's not my strength is to journal. You know, I have other ways of kind of, you know, grasping things that I appreciate. But I did during that time, I kept a little list of just things that I noticed that, you know, in my life that were different that wouldn't have changed had had I not gone down this path. And just a real quick example of that, which was really surprising, because when I was diagnosed the first time, at that point in my life, I really liked my job, and I was good at it. And and then to finally, you know, suddenly get this stage three cancer diagnosis right out of the chute, I was really upset because I just, you know, they when they told me I had to take all this time off from work and you know, that to me was, was total devastation. I mean, it was just like, hi, you know, whatever. Eight years later, when I was okay. diagnosed again on the other side, I said to my son, who he's my my baby of the group, and at that time he was 19 on my second diagnosis. He was 11 the first time. On my second diagnosis, I said, "Well, Micah, the good news is, if I have cancer again, I can at least take more time off from work." <laughs> and he said, "Mom, yeah. that's a little telling, don't you think?" I said, "What do you mean?" He goes, "You'd rather have cancer than go to work." And, you know, isn't that weird? I really had to, I had to kind of step back and look at myself, but that was exactly how I felt. It was at the point where the job was just kind of in my way now. I wanted to focus on breast friends, but I couldn't because I was still working full time. And it just was, the job became in the way. And so we do change our perspectives on things. You know, I kind of looked at, I looked at my job and I thought, is this going to help the world be a better place? And if so, how is that? You know, I, I couldn't mm-hmm. quite yeah. figure it out. And so we, we kind of start looking at the direction of our lives and we start to realize, you know, maybe maybe that's not the best direction, you know, for me to go. And, I've, and I know you have too. We've had numerous patients that have talked to us about how getting breast cancer changed the direction of their life, changed their path that oh, they were on. And, absolutely. you know, it takes a while to get there, right? It's not something that just oh, absolutely. shows absolutely. itself immediately. Yeah, go go ahead. Yeah, I know no, you've got more to say on that. I, I was, I, well, and I was just going to say that we we've been talking about, um, you know, there's a term that gets bantered around a bit about being the new normal, and what I'd like to uh, kind of rename it is the normal plus, because I think what happens is you come through a cancer diagnosis and you go, okay, here was my world before cancer. Now, what am I going to take from this experience and enhance it with? What's my plus from this? And your plus, like you just said, your plus from your cancer journey was a new awareness of what was really important in your life. Having a purpose became a gigantic plus of coming through mm-hmm. your cancer. So, you know, we're, we're not necessarily reinventing the wheel. You didn't suddenly become someone new after you had right. cancer. You took what you had before and you said, all right. I was an amazing woman before. Now I want to be something more than that. I want to enhance some part of my world that has had an opportunity to really present itself, like your fact that maybe that job wasn't the best job for you. you know, and we exactly. all are so grateful that that was the case. But, you know, you learn so much going through a diagnosis of cancer about yourself. I, I love 
the the motto of one of our um, local, uh, unfortunately, recently deceased at age 90, what, 95? Gert died at 95, I believe, from Columbia mm-hmm. Sportswear. Her yeah. motto for years was a picture of her with her, her arm clenched, saying that mm-hmm. she's one tough cookie. Yeah, and, you <laughs> and know, she was. <laughs> Well, she was, and such an amazing visual, you know, when we, when we hear that and we hear we're a tough cookie, I do think that that is something that women who, who walk through this fire, for God's sake, look what you've gone through. You are a tough cookie. You are, yeah. you are something, you know, you are something. Yeah. And there's a, a great quote that says you, in order to be brave, you have to first be afraid. Uh, I love that. It is, and it's true. You know, stepping into something that you don't think is going to be a problem at all is not exactly bravery. But when you step into something that you have, you know, fear of or concerns about, and you do it anyway, that's that's Mm -hmm. bravery. That's true. Yeah, that's very true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it's um, it's it's also a. I think it I think women in today's society are are taught to not necessarily say it's all about me. You know, we were raised with a little less and we do hear more and more women understanding that our voices are powerful and that we need to use them, but I still think there's an undertone of wanting to you know, always take care of the people around us and mm-hmm. always kind of downplay things that are maybe our attributes. And what I love is, again, that sense as women come through this battle, they are recognizing their own strengths. They are recognizing their own value. Um, they are making these changes in their world sometimes really dramatic. You know, the, the woman who's been in a difficult relationship her entire married life or dating life and she's just sort of taken it, it as part of what she is going to have and she goes through her diagnosis of cancer and suddenly she goes, you know what? I don't want that toxic relationship in my life. You know, isn't yeah. that brave? It, to it is very through? brave. Yeah. 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 It's wonderfully brave. And, you know, one of the things that, that I know you that you think about, too, and, and one of the things that really resonated with me is this whole concept of don't sweat the small stuff. You know, the world is full yeah. of small stuff. <laughs> and we get so bent out of shape over something that doesn't, like, you know, the French fries came without salt on them. Oh, darn, you know. I mean, there's just so many <laughs> things that we can work ourselves up over. But once you've had cancer, it's kind of like, okay, I don't think I care about that anymore, you know. We all have small stuff, so let it go. <laughs> so with oh, that, yeah. we're gonna we're yeah, gonna go out to break. Song. So yeah, we're gonna go out <laughs> to break, go. Yvonne, one more time. <laughs> let it go. That's right. There was a song about that. So anyway, we are gonna take another short break. Stay tuned. We will be back in a minute. Thank you for listening today. Breast Friends needs your support. We rely on donations to keep our doors open and to keep this radio program alive. Please consider making a tax-deductible donation to Breast Friends. You can visit us at breastfriends.org. You can also like us on Facebook at Breast Friends of Oregon. Be sure to tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time for Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. Visit breastfriends.org and contribute today. When was the last time you felt free? It's time to uncover that feeling again. 
with the compassion of a cross and shield, and the power of a car that opens doors to the best hospitals and medical centers in all 50 states, giving you the freedom to love, to dream, to dance like no one is watching. Regions Blue Cross Blue Shield. Live fearless. Female cancers affect women, but women's effects are felt throughout our families, workplaces, and communities. Electa is driving advances in precision radiation medicine across our portfolio of devices. By enabling treatment that is highly responsive to changes in tumor shape, position, and biology, but doesn't compromise the health of surrounding tissue and the patient, we protect the moments that matter in the lives of women with female cancers and everyone they touch. Learn more at electa.com. That's E-L-E-K-T-A.com. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. tuned into Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. To reach the program today, please call us at 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to becky at breastfriends.org. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to our program. We've been talking about life after breast cancer with our guest, Yvonne Neidegger. And Yvonne, one of the things that you and I have talked about in the past, and I wanted to kind of maybe have you talk about this a little bit, is about how adults stretch on the rack. Why don't you talk about that for a minute? I love the phrase that adults only go on the rack because it creates this visual of this adult person on this, you know, the old-fashioned rack where they have your arms and your legs and they're stretching you both directions at the same time. But it's true, you know, unless you've been stretched, unless you've been challenged, we all know someone who's gone through life and everything has gone great. You know, they've never had any big problems. They've never had any big crisis. Everything's been wonderful. And then they get to an age where suddenly something goes wrong and they literally fall apart at the seams because they've never experienced that sense of being stretched. So I think this process that we go through at different times in our lives of having to be stretched, it gives us a chance to grow in how we manage situations, on how we are able to adapt. Um, and, and, and really, honestly, the people that are the best at, at managing a crisis are people who have gone through them more than one time. Because yeah. like you said, as you've gone through more than one diagnosis each time, you kind of know the path. You kind of know, okay, I'm, I'm in here. I've done this before. I have a better understanding of what this feels like and the, the ability to manage is better. But it will, again, be a, a silver lining of going through cancer, having that um, incredibly difficult pull on you from every direction 
suddenly lead to you being able to manage things in a different way and with a different perspective. So, yeah, it's it's incredible, but it's a true one. Yeah, <laughs> I got the long arms and legs to prove it. <laughs> so, Yvonne, now we have one segment left, and, you know, I know that we run out of time so quickly, but I wanted to, let's get to the heart of cancer patient is now done with treatment. They're at this stage that doctors release them from any further treatments and they're going to see you every, you know, three months for a while or something, but just to kind of make sure that you're okay. But what do we do now? You know, how should we look at this time rather than like feeling like the safety uh, mat just got pulled out from under us? How do, how can we look at this in a positive way? You know, is a time to enhance and improve things or you know, what, what can we do? What, what kind of advice do you give to your patients when you're talking to them? Well, right now I've started, like I say, this new program with Breast Friends. It's a continuation of Sharon's Thriving Beyond program called Life ABC after breast cancer. And one of the things we talk about is the fact that, again, utilizing some of those life coaching skills Sharon taught me, you have a, a, an entire uh, plethora of things on a wheel that makes up your life. It could be everything from your material, your spiritual, your mental, your social, professional, all those sorts of categories. All of those things, let's consider it almost like a wheel with spokes. Now, each one of those spokes keeps that wheel moving along. And if suddenly one of those spokes happens to have a bend in it or a twist in it or what have you, your wheel isn't going to move well. So what I tell women, when you've come to the point that you are done with treatment, it's a really good time to step back and take a look at all of your spokes. This is a chance in life to do almost a reboot. You can sit down. You can say, okay, I've been through cancer. I have a new perspective on life. What is there about what I have in my world that I would like to have a reboot and mm-hmm. maybe, maybe approach it differently? You know, you have an opportunity. You kind of looked at uh, the mortality of life, and it's time to kind of shake, shake up the ride a little bit, and let's see what we can do to make it better. So, you know, taking a look at where you can actually enhance things in your life, or maybe you need to improve them a little bit. I mean, mm-hmm. I know my, my health and wellness, goodness knows, I stepped off and I went, you know what? I got to get my act together. I got to start eating better. I got to start walking and doing all those things. Mm -hmm. Or maybe you need to actually bring something back in. Maybe there's a relationship that got slightly nudged in the right direction and you need to go, you know what? I need to work on that relationship. So, you know, you have an opportunity to do those sorts of things at this time in your journey. So, yeah. It's, a it's almost like setting, resetting the button, you know, hit the reset button on something and it yeah. kind of jump starts the computer, gets you going again. And, you know, I think that once you've, you've battled cancer and you have succeeded in that, I think that um, you have permission to reset that, that button, you know, hit that button and, and just kind of look at, at ways to make things different. So w- because of, I don't want to run out of time. So let's talk sure. about um, maybe, oh, let's talk about short-term goals because I know that's that's kind of an important baby step when you're thinking about long-term goals. Sometimes they get so big and lofty and they're out there really far and they're hard to envision. But when we talk about yeah. short-term goals, you know, there's that that thing that yeah. called SMART. You know, it's specific, measurable, attainable, realistic, and timely. And I know that you, yeah. you've embraced that 
concept too. So why don't you talk a little bit about about those short-term goals? What are some examples of of maybe some goals that we could all be thinking about and and setting for ourselves at you know at this time in our life? Well, here again, if people, rather than, like you said, if you take things in big bites, it's really difficult. And nothing's harder than to say, you know, okay, I'm going to improve my life. I'm going to make my life, I'm done with cancer, I'm going to make my life better. Well, that's great, but about a week later, you're going to be going, well, okay, that didn't work. So, (laughs) what you want to do, you know, take this thing in small bites, take it spoke by spoke. If you make that thought process part of what you're doing, instead of trying to take on the whole picture, the whole wheel and say, okay, I'm going to improve everything, a short-term goal can be something as specific as you take that health spoke. And we'll use that as an example because everybody needs a little help there. And within that health spoke, you're going to say, all right, for short-term goal, I am going to drink 48 ounces of water every day for the next week. And that way, you've set a short-term time period that's obtainable. It's something you can set a a, a clock to. Uh, The next part of it would be, all right, I am going to walk at least 20 minutes every day for the next week. Again, obtainable, something you can do, something you can measure. So you can see it's not... I'm going to go out there and I'm going to start walking and I'm going to be doing a marathon in the next six months. Mm -hmm. It is short-term goals, things that you can make happen, starting in a category that you choose as being a priority. You know, maybe it's relationship and maybe that relationship goal that short-term is, I'm going to call my mom twice this week. You know, sounds really simple, but guess what? There are a lot of people out there Calling their mom once a month is a small miracle. It is. And, you know, the problem with waiting on that for too long is one day your mom isn't there. You know, my mom passed away in March of 2016, and I loved my mom. She was pretty awesome, but I can't call her anymore. So, you know, do it while you can because, you know, life does end at some point and you know we lose end up losing the people that we love so you know it's it's important to make those it those is little- it is and so many of these short-term goals are things that are obtainable there are things that are realistic there are things that you can set a time limit on and or a time expectation on without feeling like you're overwhelming yourself because nothing's worse. You've just come off cancer, for heaven's sakes. I'm not saying that you should sit down and reinvent your wheel. That's the worst thing someone wants to do is take on too much right after going through cancer. But baby steps, if you just Mm -hmm. take on something, just one thing, one spoke, and work on that short term, then you're going to find yourself willing to take on another spoke. And pretty soon your wheel is going to be rolling much easier. So, yeah, just baby steps. So, basically, that's the spoke that you're talking about, the, the spokes of the wheel. E- examples, again, yeah. just to kind of recap, would be like health and wellness could be one of those spokes. Relationships would be a yeah. second <clears throat> second spoke. Uh, maybe work, whether you love your job or you hate your job, move in the direction that, that you're driven to, and that's that would be the work spoke of this wheel. Financial. Yeah. And then social, those are just some examples. That, that's what you're talking about, right? 
Yeah, and people can go on Pinterest or they can Google um, uh, balance of life wheel. Honestly, Mm -hmm. there are lots of interpretations of this concept and there'll be different verbiage. You know, they may call something, you know, work could be called professional, but they're all basically the same concept, which is that we have these categories in our lives and if one of them is slightly amiss, if we've got one that's really, really not getting a lot of, of, of attention and has bent, um, then, uh, you know, it's going to cause the wheel to, root, to, to roll funny. Sure. So, um, yeah, yeah, it makes no, perfect you can sense. easily go on Pinterest. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's a, that's a great source for all, all kinds of things. So just to recap the word smart. So when we talk about short-term goals that are smart, smart actually is an analogy. It stands for specific, measurable, attainable, realistic, and timely. And each goal should right. fall, you should be able to kind of monitor each goal in those, you know, different areas, in those five areas. Yeah. And so I wanted to re- recap that because I think that that's a really important part of this rather than just setting some lofty goal that is really not attainable, you know, or it's no, really no. not measurable. How do, you, how do you know if you're going the right direction if you can't measure it or somehow see something in it or if it's if it's not timely like you know if you're having a baby this is not the time to think about losing weight right after the baby no, yes yeah, so no. timely you don't want to lose weight when you're having a baby so it's just that's just no, an just example saying that but. you're going to just saying you're going to eat start eating healthy yeah well it's what does vague. that mean you know what does <laughs> yeah. that mean yeah and yeah. it's eat something and green it's, every day yeah. and, and we're not talking yeah, about mint, mint ice cream <laughs> Mint no. ice cream does and not the, count. You know, the, the whole idea that that life is, unfortunately, we have a lot of expectations and we set the bar really high and people tend to set their bars too high. Um, yeah. And especially, again, this is a time in your life that you want to give yourself some grace. Yeah. You've come through something incredibly difficult mm-hmm. and the fact that you're not able to just finish treatment and then immediately start training for a marathon or yeah. immediately lose 20 pounds or immediately, you know, have everything that had been slightly disjointed come back together perfectly, yeah. that's okay. Yeah, you have to give yourself grace. Yeah. And the other thing that's really important during this time period... Got to give me the really quick one, Yvonne. Very quick. Yeah, because yeah. we're out of time. So, yes, permission to heal. Well, that's huge. So Permission you know, to heal. Yeah, because even when you're done with treatment, that still takes a while for the chemo to get out of your body, for the effects of radiation to wear themselves out. So you're going to feel that for a while. You need time to heal. Yeah. Yvonne, we are out of time, Anderson. speaking of time. We are completely out, and I just wanted to thank you once again for being a guest on my show. I love having you on board. You're so easy to talk to. And (laughs) and on that note, we will be back next week. And until then, remember, there's always hope, and we are here to help you find it. Thank you for listening to Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. Please join Becky Olson again next Wednesday at 12 o'clock noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. There's always hope, and we are here to help you find it. We'll talk again next time.